0: Welcome to Radio Free Bay Ridge. I'm Dan. And I'm Mary. And today we're bringing you a very brief primer on something new to our neighborhood, participatory budgeting.
1: So Dan, participatory budgeting, that's like regular budgeting, like the New York City budget? Well,
0: yeah, kind of. It's discretionary budgeting, which is the budget that city councilors get to spend on their home districts.
1: Okay, so Councilman Brandon has a chunk of money in addition to the regular city budget, And participatory budgeting is a different way of spending it.
0: Yes. Importantly, it's not his entire budget. Council members get to decide how much, usually a million, but it can be more.
1: What's the total discretionary budget for a council person?
0: It varies pretty wildly, but um, this year, our council district, uh, Bay Ridge, Bensonhurst, Bath, Beach, Diker... It gets about 12 million bucks total for um, Councilman Brannon to spend, and 1 million of that this year will be for participatory budgeting.
1: So the rest of it is just stuff Justin has already chosen and budgeted for.
0: Yeah, 6 million this year is going for parks renovations, 2 million for school tech and auditorium upgrades, a million for senior housing, even half a million for improved garbage pickup on the avenues. Uh, Nonprofits, too, are getting boosted with that money, like the uh, Arab American Association. Senior centers, theater groups, stuff like that.
1: Okay. So of the $12 million, we have $1 million to work with that's just for participatory budgeting. Mm-hmm. And Justin can't say what that gets to be used for.
0: Yeah. Actually, that's now up to the community to vote on to see how it's spent. So hence, participatory budgeting.
1: And um, can we just do anything with this money?
0: Uh, there are some limitations. Projects have to be physical improvements or built structures not maintenance or programming or paying someone else's salary for a service. And the improvements really should last at least five years.
1: hmm I don't know if they taught you this in architecture school, Dan, but a million dollars doesn't <laughs> go very far when you're talking about material built-to-last structures and improvements. Mm,
0: yeah, it was very theoretical where I went, but still... It's a start. Uh, Council people can actually allocate more than a million dollars for their discretionary funds, but since this is our first time as a neighborhood doing participatory budgeting in District 43, it really makes sense to start with a million and see how we do.
1: Wasn't participatory budgeting a hot topic in the city council race last year? I remember hearing a lot about it then. Well,
0: yeah, and no— it, we heard a lot about it. It was a major campaign promise for both Cotterellia team and, and Justin Brannan, and a lot of voters were very excited about it. Um, Actually, Hay Ridge had an article in 2016 asking for it. Hmm. But also, John Quaglione was in favor of participatory budgeting too, so it wasn't really controversial. It was just about bringing it to the district because it had never been done here before. Uh, Vinnie Gentilli, the previous council member, never really participated in the program. Participatory budgeting has existed in New York City since 2011. And we're already in what's called Cycle 8. But once a council district opts in, it's pretty much going to keep going every year, over and over. It's going to be part of Bay Ridge from here on out.
1: Hmm. But why do council members need to opt in before we can
0: vote? Well, because it's still rolling out slowly for the city, and it involves the council members' discretionary money. So the council member has to budget for it. Plus, it also involves a lot of work by the council person's office, because they act as stewards and liaisons with the city. The city actually provides a lot of support for this process. They help hold brainstorming sessions. They price out the ideas that the neighbors come up with. They help write up the proposals. And they set up meetings with city agencies like parks and transit and whatnot to listen to what the neighborhood's ideas are and discuss how realistic they are.
1: Hmm. So who comes up with these ideas? Who comes up with what we spend it on?
0: Well, anyone and everyone. There's an online map you can use to submit ideas. But the process is actually pretty loose. You can waltz into Justin Brannon's office and drop off a piece of paper with your idea scrawled on it. I'm sure they'll be perfectly happy to actually hand you a real card you can fill out to submit. But you could also attend the neighborhood assemblies. Those are coming up on the first week of October, October 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, um, and those are all over the district.
1: Um, I'm sorry, say that again? When are these? Where are they?
0: Um, (laughs) um, The neighborhood assemblies, they're just kind of like big get-togethers with the entire community where people can get informed on what the process is and also submit their ideas there. Uh, October 1st, this Monday, is Bay Ridge's meeting. That's at 7 p.m. at PS264, which is on 89th Street and 4th Avenue. I think the second one is Diker Heights. They get theirs on Tuesday, October 2nd, also at 7pm. And that'll be at the Knights of Columbus building on 86th and 13th Avenue. Bath Beach follows that on Wednesday, October 3rd, also at 7pm. And that's at the Muslim American Society Youth Center on Bath Avenue and Bay 22nd Street, Bay 22nd Street.
1: So who chooses what ideas get on the final ballot?
0: Well, a group of stakeholders called the District Committee... They meet regularly throughout the process, and one of their primary responsibilities is to turn community members' ideas into fully formed proposals, which means people don't literally need to architect out and develop a 20-page grant proposal for their idea.
1: What do you mean by stakeholders? Is it really representative of the community? Do
0: I know anyone who's on it? Yes, I'm on it. I've that... told you many times. <laughs> is that where
1: you've been going lately?
0: Well, I could be running up a tab at Lockyard.
1: Mm, no, you're
0: not. How do, how do you know?
1: that's where I've been.
0: <laughs> Mary, focus.
1: Okay, so there's a committee. Because, of course, there's a committee. And it's this whole process.
0: Yeah, the whole process runs actually the entire year around, pretty much. How does it start? Um, starts in July, actually. Uh, the council person's office establishes the district committee. Yeah, that means they select the people on it, like me. And it's filled with both liberals and conservatives. It represents the entire community, both Bay Ridge, Bath Beach, Benson, Hearst, Dyker, everybody. And actually, it's about 15 people. So these are a bunch of people that are ready to work, because this isn't an honorary thing.
1: So they're the ones who oversee this process, and they hold community assemblies to get ideas from the community.
0: Yes. And that takes place from August to early October, which we are in right now. And oh, by the way, that's actually why it didn't happen last year. I actually saw some people throwing up flack where they were like, ooh, Justin didn't do it in the 2018 fiscal year. Well, Yeah. He got elected in November. Look at the day today. This stuff needs to start in July and the actual cutoffs for submitting IDEA are October 5th.
1: Right. So we have community assemblies, IDEA submissions, all that good stuff. Uh, When does that stop?
0: Well, there is a hard stop on October 5th. You can't submit IDEAs after that because after that, the district committee really does what it's here for. It does about half a year of back and forth between city agencies. Based around the ideas that were put forward, we also cut the stuff that clearly can't be done. Like we said earlier, it has to be capital projects, which means, you know, built things, Um, more sanitation pickup while awesome is a recurring expenditure. It involves salaries and personnel. It's not a thing we can use that money on, sadly. So a lot of that stuff gets cut out.
1: And I imagine the proposals for a rocket to the moon.
0: Yeah, stuff that is clearly more than a (laughs) million dollars. Like you said, a million bucks does not go far. The best ideas are simple things. A traffic light, renovating a school auditorium, redoing a bike lane, a new bus shelter, street lamps. But hey, it's also about being creative, you know? Um, You can check out the online map. There are some really awesome ideas that people have had out there.
1: Yeah, I've seen a lot of great ideas, some things I wouldn't even have thought of, especially in parts of the district that I don't visit as much.
0: Yeah, and even actually if you aren't submitting an idea or already have submitted really early in the process, go check out that map again. It's like Mm -hmm. a great little like Doppler radar of what people want and desire in terms of just simple little improvements for your community. Anyway, delegates from the district committee will share the final proposals and that will happen in late March, all the stuff that makes the cut. We're still new to this, but I think people on the committee really like the idea also of doing an expo for people to learn about the final proposals. What, like a World's Fair? Well, more like a school science fair, where we show off the proposals with those little three-part cardboard board things, and we let people come out and chat about them, and they get to know the stuff that's on the ballot.
1: Cool. So how many things would even be on this ballot?
0: Well, that's the other thing where it's actually kind of loose. The district committee can break it down however it wants. Some other neighborhoods, in the past, they've actually split up the ballot so you could only vote on, say, one $500,000 item and then choose your top two $250,000 items and so on. Other groups have made categories or made sure to include different projects by sub-neighborhood to make sure every area had representation with projects and improvements.
1: Mm. Okay, I was going to say, this seems like the kind of thing that can sometimes get gatekept and like they only want certain kinds of people.
0: Yeah, it, it can. And- it has been a criticism of other districts. We're trying to make sure it's not that way for us, and we're trying to reach out to as many people as possible.
1: I was happy to see the flyers for the meetings were also translated in Arabic and Chinese.
0: Me too, actually. Um, actually, the ballots, too, are most definitely going to be in multiple languages. But okay, ideas have been submitted. The committee has narrowed them down into votable, fleshed out projects that'll fit on the ballot.
1: Now, let me guess. We have them on a ballot referendum sometime in the spring, like an election day? Well,
0: actually, not at all. And this is the thing that really excites me. It's not even a board of elections thing. There's a week-long voting period in March, with several voting events spread all over the district, absentee ballots for the disabled, and you can just come in and vote at the council member's office on weekdays during voting week. We kind of control how we want to do the ballot in our district to best suit our neighborhood.
1: That's amazing. I wish every election was a week-long voting period.
0: <laughs> I know, right?
1: Especially when uh, you're open for the whole week. I mean, isn't Justin Brandon's office open late a couple days a week?
0: Yeah, on Tuesdays and Thursdays, the office is actually open until 8. And people can vote in participatory budgeting if they live in the district and are at least 11 years old. Sixth grade! <gasps>
1: Oh my, my niece can vote in just eight years.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No one needs to be registered to vote. You can be undocumented. You can be formerly incarcerated. In 2014, two-thirds of the ballots in Sunset Park were cast in Chinese and Spanish. According to New York Times in 2015, 39% of participatory budgeting voters citywide had incomes of $35,000 or less. Minorities vote at rates nearly twice that of regular elections. This is literally proof that all of those voting reforms that we've been wanting so badly in our city government as a whole actually do work, and it's because people are getting engaged for local things.
1: That's amazing. I'm loving this more and more. And speaking of, with those 11-year-olds being able to vote, this is as close as I'm going to get to my dream of teen municipal voting, isn't
0: it? Well, at least until you do an episode on the New York City charter revisions that are coming up.
1: Ah, okay, okay. (laughs) But in the meantime, it seems participatory budgeting
0: is very inclusive. Well, it's inclusive if we as a community get engaged. A committee is tasked with ensuring that the discussions hinge on equity and making sure that the voting is accessible to underserved portions of the community. But it's about getting everyone involved in thinking about how to make the community work better for everyone, not hoarding resources for the most affluent or politically connected segments of the population. And I do include in that kind of group the people who really would listen to this podcast sometimes people who are hyper civically engaged we need to get out the vote for people who really just are going nine to five back and forth to work and not paying attention to much else
1: yeah let's let's have some solidarity with our neighbors
0: i know and i'm so happy that i was asked to help out i mean i love wonky capital project stuff and i'm really looking forward to helping get people's ideas in front of city agencies and figuring out what we can do with the million bucks but Also, I know that a lot of people listening have connections into the communities that we really do need to be reaching out to. And I just hope that everyone just starts spreading that word.
1: Mm, Yeah, this is the first year that we've had it in our district. And participatory budgeting is always an experiment. It's a rare moment where it seems like we get to craft a new way of engaging with our civic government.
0: Yeah, it reminds me how it must have felt when the community boards first started meeting. It might be messy and it might have setbacks and problems. But it still remains pretty changeable and dynamic, and it can fit the community because it's kind of run by the community. Together, I think we can work out how to make participatory budgeting fit Bay Ridge.
1: And the rest of the district. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'd be happy to help.
0: Um, and yeah, that's the other thing. Once voting starts, we're definitely going to need people who can help volunteer and manage the polls for voting week. We'll even have funds to hire people, I'm told.
1: Until then, we need to submit our ideas.
0: Yes, October 5th is the deadline, so get those ideas out there.
1: And show up to the meeting on October 1st if you can.
0: Or second or third. They will be kind of repeats of the same thing, where you can submit ideas and it goes over the same basic information. So if you're not around on October 1st for Bay Ridge, head on over to Diker, head on over to Bath Beach, get filled in with those things.
1: Yeah, the meeting on October 1st is at PS 264. That's 89th Street and 4th Avenue. Mm-hmm.
0: I'll be there, and I'll actually have some of the other committee members around, and we'll talk about the process.
1: We'll see you there. And until then, stay free, Bay Ridge.